You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Crossover here, a meeting of the Big 12 Minds, minus our friend Stephen Simcox. He is uh, handling his children, which is a great excuse. We'll give him a flyer for that. But I am Josh Neighbors, the host of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. John Williams is above me to my left. He is the host of the Locked On Sinners podcast. And then Linda Godfrey is above me to my right. She is the host of the Locked On Pokes podcast covering all things Oklahoma State. So that's the three of us. Um, and we are going to discuss a litany of things. We've got some expansion news to break down tonight. We've also got some things from week one that we all would like to clean up. Uh, I think also I think that's very applicable because both of your teams had a lot of stuff to clean up after week one. And then yeah. also we'll look ahead uh, to week number two. But first of all, I want to ask you, John, how are you feeling? Just Linda and I were talking before we got on and she was like, are you, are you ready for NFL this weekend? And I was like, I know like two games that are happening because I've just been so laser focused on college and there's so much college football with the long weekend and working for serious and whatnot too. How are you feeling? Are you footballed out? Are you fine with football, but it's hard to pay attention to more. What's, what's your diet like right now in football? Yeah, right now it's crazy because, you know, the last five years I've been covering the Dallas Cowboys and um, this is the first year since 2016 that I'm not like writing season previews and, you know, going into stat projections for the Dallas Cowboys and writing salary cap articles as Dak Prescott restructures his contract. I'm like, I had to kind of get a bit of a, my, my salary cap contract fix today, writing about Mark Andrews extension from yesterday. And so, yeah, it gave me a little bit of, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. I'm like solely focused on college football now. And it, it it's kind of weird to not be, anticipating this Dallas Cowboys game as more than just a fan. Yeah. Linda, how are you? How are we doing on, on the football? I mean, I'll be fine. Come Sunday, I will be parked on my couch ready to watch seven hours of uninterrupted football. But, I mean, I do a lot of the fantasy football stuff, so I kind of have to be – I've been dialed into football all off from like scouting rookies to rookie drafts to all the mess. So – I didn't get much of a break. It'll be nice to not be going like, maybe this happens to just go like, it happened. It happened. I said that might happen. (laughs) You know, that will be nice. It's just, it's so weird always because you have the buildup and then the season comes and it's like, whoa, it's just an avalanche. And it's like, (laughs) it feels like we should be more prepared than we actually are, but you're never actually prepared for it. Are you just, it just kind of all ends up uh, overtaking you. Speaking of things that really we weren't prepared for, um, and that have, have gotten us all the way here now. The latest on Big 12 expansion, as I put the header down there, uh, we've got news that came out tonight and came out from various sources, but I'm going to put a tweet up on the screen from Bet- Brett McMurphy saying that BYU, UCS, Cincinnati, and Houston have all officially applied for Big 12 membership, sources told Action Network. The Big 12 presidents will vote Friday to accept and will accept those schools. Resource, uh, excuse me, resources, sources Said Yahoo first reported a news conference is scheduled Friday. A source said so. We appreciate Brett uh, citing sources. I feel like it's very important we do those things because sometimes the citing of sources gets difficult in these situations. But the big news here is the Big Twelve. It looks like you know don't want to put anything else, but it feels like it's it's basically a, a done deal. 
the Big 12 is going to add four teams. And, John, I want to go to you first on this because I want to ask you, if I was an Oklahoma fan, I, I would be like, okay, thank God, because it, before it felt like you might have been breaking up a conference, which kind of feels pretty crappy. But now you're like, okay, they're safe. I, I feel a little bit. I feel a little bit better. Yeah, I, you're you're kind of on the on the money on that one. You know, as much as I was excited about Oklahoma going to the SEC and the challenges that await them and the schedule, the future schedule that they're going to be playing, you did kind of feel kind of bummed, like losing Oklahoma State potentially as a, as a yearly matchup. Now I hope that they're able to, to retain that rivalry a little bit, but yeah, it, it was like, it was looking like the death nail and, you know, credit to Bob Bowlesby and the, the presidents and ADs from the big, the, re, the remaining eight for getting proactive about it. Cause I feel like that's something they didn't do a decade ago. And that's part of the reason that the big 12 kind of went the way it did, you know, just sticking at 10 and being in this position where it's like, Oh, we play everybody and kind of trying to, gain a little bit of pride off of that. It, it always felt just a little underwhelming to just have 10 teams in a 12 team conference. And I felt like they didn't really do enough in the last go around by just adding West Virginia, who I thought was a really good ad, yeah. a former big East power. And, but I think that was the time where you could have added a, a BYU if you could have convinced them like to stray from going or from staying independent um, or adding a Houston. I feel like, you know, especially 10 years ago, Houston was a, a much bigger deal than they are right now. And so, yeah, it, it's the right thing to do. I think these are the right four teams. Uh, I think you can argue for a, a couple other teams that make sense, but these teams all make a lot of sense for the big 12. Linda, do you see them sticking with the four? I know it had been talked about that maybe the big 12 wasn't done. Do you like them going to the actual 12 and making it the right number, right? Not a big 12 conference with 10 teams. Or are you kind of one of those people who's got an appetite maybe for a Memphis and that SMU or, you know, pick, pick whoever else you'd like? I think, and maybe it's just because I'm anal retentive, Big 12 and having 12 teams feels right. <laughs> that being said, if, if they went out and added two more up and coming, like kind of becoming a talking point schools, I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing. But for my personal uh, mind, I would like 12 teams to be in the Big 12. Well, maybe now's the time for like a rebrand, right? If you right. add two more, you go to Big 14. You know, like you, you – The fun 14. Yeah, the fun 14. <laughs> like you erase like the – kind of the stink of losing Nebraska and Texas A&M and Missouri and Colorado and Oklahoma and Texas as part of your legacy and you start something new – with a fresh face of, you know, fresh group of teams that can take, you know, the, the conference into the future, I think. I think it's a great point because you think about the amount of, I mean, I really hadn't thought of it that way, but you think about the amount of attrition that this conference has undergone with the amount of teams that were in the Big 12 and the amount of teams that have left the Big 12. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about, you know, and, and eight mem- uh, remaining schools, you know, a couple of those are, are, parts of expansion, right? I mean, mm-hmm. think about West Virginia and uh, uh, TCU, right? Those schools are kind of, those are, those are expansion schools that were added. So really the foundation of this conference, and it's it's kind of a two-way thing. Um, it's pretty crazy that they've survived. The bad thing is they've lost all these teams, right? They've lost all these big headliner, you know, not saying Missouri's been headliner, but Missouri's in the SEC now, Nebraska, Texas, AM, you know, Oklahoma, all these schools, but they've managed to stay alive. And I think, yeah. John, to your point, like 
maybe a rebrand is in order because they've lost so much of that identity. And what you're seeing now with what's happening is it's a bit more of a national conference, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to be spanning from Provo, Utah to Orlando, Florida, right? All the way up to West Virginia and Cincinnati in the Midwest, down to Texas, to Baylor, to TCU. So yep. maybe that rebrand isn't or I just it's a, it's a topic that I thought I'd be throw out there to you guys. Uh, what do you think? How about the big American conference? They had to kill the American first. A, They're going to have to kill I was, the, I think, the actual American conference first. Yeah, I was going to give it a much sillier name. So we'll just <laughs> we'll just go with what John said. I, I like big American. though. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and. I think, you know, I love the idea of Cincinnati, right, giving West Virginia a partner in that part of the country because, let's be honest, their travel schedule sucks. Uh, it's yeah. really crappy. And, um, you know, then also kind of expanding out more towards the West and, and, and BYU. And then also, you know, kind of adding a team. And not to mention the Florida the Florida aspect is a little bit weird to get that in a second. But adding another Texas team. And I think the fact that it shows you the changing landscape of college college sports because – we knew that relationship between Houston and the Big 12 was not good. Ten years ago, that was a really volatile, uh, bad relationship. Ten years later, when some of the still some of the same power brokers are actually still in place, they kind of have to come together, right? I mean, it's just kind of a, a, a sign of the times, if you will, that yeah. those two groups had to reconcile and come together because, look, there's you know the Titanic is sinking and the life rafts <laughs> the life rafts are out there. You got to grab a hold. I want to get to the Florida piece of this because it's really interesting. I think the team that benefits the most from this is West Virginia because that's actually – well, maybe benefits it doesn't because they recruit um, Florida very – their best teams, their Pat Whites, their Steve Slayton teams, are well known for how many guys came from that part of the country. So maybe now it's bad because other schools are getting a chance at those players – but at the same time, you get some more face time in that place yeah. because you're actually going to be playing some conference games across all sports in that area. So, Linda, I'll go to you first. Uh, what do you make of the UCF? Because they are kind of the one – they're displaced, right? There's no natural connection, landlocking connection, connecting them to other schools in the conference. Yeah, it's definitely a strange placement. That being said, like I'm stoked about UCF being a Big 12 school. I think they're – when you think about like an up and coming program, they are one of the first names that I would put on my list in terms of like national attention. They've certainly garnished that a lot in the last year or two. So I'm stoked about what they bring their, their place on the map is a little strange, but I mean, you're a college kid. You're like, well, I'm going to go to Florida to play a football game. Yeah. Sign right. me up. So you can't be mad. Orlando, Florida, nonetheless, right? Orlando, Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, John, your thoughts on kind of the Florida aspect of this. Yeah, I think it's a great ad. I mean, like like Linda said, it's one of the up and coming teams in the you know American Athletic Conference. They're a team that you know they'll claim a national championship on you if you're not careful. Uh, but you know, it's you know it, it's been a team that's had a lot of success. You know, Scott Frost, that's where he really made his name right. was at UCF, and then Josh Heupel had a couple you know ten, twelve win seasons. You know, and now they've got Gus Malzahn, like who's a big time you know, college football coach had a, a lot of success at Auburn. And so I think it's a huge ad for them. And then you go just to the recruiting aspect. It gives everybody in the big 12 FaceTime in Florida in front of all these kids every week, 
when they play UCF, they're going to be on television. And so these kids are going to get an opportunity to see Texas Tech, who they might not have seen before, get to see them in that all black, or get to see the, the fun uniform combinations that Oklahoma State likes to roll out. You know, it's, it's really, a, really a great ad. It's a very strategic ad, I think, for the Big 12. So, and I know we're running a little long on this, but I mean, this is an issue we absolutely have to cover here. John, the one thing that's super interesting about this, and it pertains to Oklahoma, is that it appears the Big 12 power brokers, Bob Bowlesby and company and and the the conference presidents and and, and leaders, are angling to try to get these these four teams in and have at least one season where Oklahoma and Texas are involved in this too. Now, I've heard a lot of people in the Oklahoma and Texas spheres kind of poo-poo that. But what's their out? How else? Because the, the really the big thing that was going to – the kind of the hope almost for the, the – right. But who's going to front the cash to get them out? That's the big yeah. thing. And we talked about it before. Maybe the SEC comes up with a way to, to get the – you know, to, to get the revenue package basically where they give more money to Oklahoma and Texas in the beginning to offset the cost of mm-hmm. leaving the Big 12 conference early. I don't know. I'm not a wizard when it comes to these things, but I just want to get your thoughts on maybe the idea that, Hey, look, there might actually have to be, if it's 2023, maybe there is one year where they cross over. I I don't know, but I just want to get your thoughts on kind of maybe that idea. Yeah. I think the details on this are still going to be interesting to see how they iron out because it's going to be how they negotiate this contract. I mean, Oklahoma is bound by a contract. And Texas right. is bound. So if they're going to want to get out of this, it's going to take lawyers and it's going to take a lot of negotiation and it's going to take a lot of money. Maybe Joe Castiglione is going to have to start a GoFundMe with his donors and get them all to throw in some cash to, to buy their way out of the Big 12. But it'd be really interesting to see you know, if they have one year of overlap. I mean, Oklahoma's tied in at least through 2024, so they could have several more years in the Big 12. I don't see that happening. I do think that, you know, yeah, there's, they're contractually obligated to play, but I just feel like it'd be way too awkward for the Big 12 and te- or for Oklahoma, Texas, and the Big 12 really to continue to play this string out for the next few years, even though it'd be to the Big 12's benefit to ha- get that revenue. I think it just creates this awkward situation where potentially Oklahoma and Texas are your Big 12 champions the next three, four years. And then it's like, all right, we're walking out the door, kind of like CM Punk, you know, taking the WWE title out the door. You know, it, it, it just creates a little bit of awkwardness. Uh, I, I, I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm totally with you. Uh, Linda, what do you think as I let my dog out because he is whining? <laughs> um, well, I don't think Texas is winning any, any uh, Big 12 championships, so I'm not too terribly concerned with that aspect of it. But I do agree. I don't, I don't see a world where they're actually there the entirety of the contract. I just, I've been going at this season as like a one last ride, kind of like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. This is, this is it. And we're going to do it. And I think after that money is, uh, you know, fake anyway, they'll figure it out. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love to hear you say that. That's, that's exactly how I feel about the salary cap. It's all fake. It's it's almost, it's, yes. It's like the NFL salary cap. It's like, it's it's fictional. It doesn't actually, it doesn't actually exist. (laughs) I actually think Linda, to your point, like it might get to the point now where the, the money involved in these contracts is so silly. And like the projections get so stupid, like Oklahoma and Texas, like, sure, we'll pay our outs. Like it's going to be fine for us in the long run. Um, Does anybody else have any closing thoughts on this before we move on to our next topic? Or I think we, uh, we hit this pretty well. 
I love the ad of BYU. I mean, that's yeah, such a too. great, great team to add. Such a, a national presence, really an international presence. Mm-hmm. And I think that really raises the game for the Big 12 Conference. I feel like, you know, I think Houston's a great ad, big media market. Uh, I wrote about it over the Sooners Wire. You can check that out, get all my other thoughts. But I think the team that probably feels left out of this is, is, is SMU. Natural, natural rival with TCU right there, the Dallas Metroplex. But yeah, I think it's too that, small of a school. It's got to be why, right? I mean, there a lot of money there, yeah. but it's not a big school. The only thing I maybe thought was just a redundancy, you know, a media market redundancy, whereas right. adding QC gets, gives them a new foothold in the national landscape or in Texas in particular. Yeah, and we just saw also, too, we just saw this past weekend a game between Texas Tech and Houston in a big stadium, right? So, I mean, you know, that's yeah. just an example. Of it. Linda, you got any closing thoughts on this before we move on? Nope, totally agree. BYU and and I like you said, they just bring such a big fan base. I think that's that's definitely the best ad. And having Houston be one of the uh, biggest metropolitan area areas in the nation, uh, getting that, getting a foot in that door is fantastic. So agreed on all fronts. All right, uh, let's hear a word from our sponsors here before we get on to our next topic. BetOnline.ag friends, they've got the world or online's largest half-million-dollar mega contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor pool as well. You can head to betonline.ag today. Sign up and get that 100% welcome bonus. College football, pro football, casino games, you want to play some Baccarat, you know, maybe a little 21, a little blackjack. You can do that at betonline.ag. It's free to sign up. iPad, iPhone, computer. Guys, maybe if you have an old iPod Touch, Right? If that's still active, you can hook that up to the Wi-Fi, 21 years old, go and sign up. But go check them out, betonline.ag, betonline. They're your online sportsbook experts as bugs are flying into my house right now because I let my dog out. So uh, you guys have the kids. Look, I'm not saying my life is more difficult with the kids. My dog is the most needy, needy son of a gun out there. He's a handsome one. That's the problem. He's a handsome dog but he's needy. All right. So let's clean up. Let's do a little mop of duty here on, on week one um, for folks. So John, I know you're, you know, you're obviously Oklahoma. Um, so we'll just go there for you first. Mop up duty, final thoughts as we head out of this week and we head towards Western Carolina for the Sooners. The Oklahoma Sooners have to find an edge. They've got to find a mentality that carries them for a full 60 minutes. You know, I talked about it with uh 1400 sports talk in Norman on Monday that, this is a team that is talented, but they're not good enough to win on talent alone. It's that old Herb Brooks coach from the Miracle, Miracle on Ice team. You know, you've got to find a way to not just rely on your talent, but you got to find an edge and you got to find the mentality that's going to say, we're going to dominate you for a full 60 minutes. That Nick Saban getting pissed at the end of a game when your backups are letting you know, a, a touchdown in when you're up 40 points, you know, like that kind of mentality where it's not good enough. And they showed that in the second quarter against Tulane, but they came out at halftime or after halftime and Lincoln Riley admitted it, the mentality just wasn't right. And they've got to find that mentality because far too often in the Lincoln Riley era, have they allowed two touchdown leads to slip away in the third and fourth quarter? Yeah, I, I'm with you. He took ownership, which I liked in that press conference afterwards. thought Tom Lugamil made a good point on Sunday morning. I was working with him. He said, I think the team read too many press clippings about themselves. And look, they got punched in the mouth. I love the adjustments that they made, but the second half was flat. I mean, they, they felt like they had Tulane, you know, pinned. And and Tulane kept fighting back because – and that, that team, give them so much credit because 
good Lord, after the week those kids had. And for them, you can just tell they were so happy to be out there playing football. Michael Pratt, like, look, I'm not sure what the ceiling for him is, but if that kid wants to be a pro, like, he's going to be able to make himself a pro. I mean, my, my bar is this. If Sam Ellinger is going to be a pro and have, he had a chance to almost start this year because of one thing, I mean, there's a lot of people who have a chance to be a pro quarterback. No disrespect to him, but he was the same player for four years and not, not really ever NFL quarterback. Michael Pratt, like, you watch him play, that kid's got the game, like the gameness to be an NFL backup. So, love the way they play, but I'm with you, John, all those things. Linda, going to you. Look, things got dicey there, really dicey. I know the quarterback spot doesn't fix all of it, but what's the latest on Spencer Sanders? Um, you know, I don't know the vaccination status, but obviously he was in COVID protocols. And it sucks because we'd heard so much this offseason about the leaps and the bounds that he was making, especially from his head coach. Um, and so for that to happen, um, you know, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, what, what are you hearing? What's the latest? I think he'll probably play against Tulsa. I saw a tweet some, and you know, this is, there's like no credit to this, but somebody did tweet that they saw him out and about in Stillwater. So either he's breaking protocol or he's cleared protocol. So hopefully it's the clearing bit of that and he's back in the game, but I don't think it's going to matter at all if that offensive line can't figure out a run blocking uh, scheme because Shane Illingworth had all day long to throw a pass, but if they needed to move the defensive line for a hole for those running backs, they just couldn't get it done. So unfortunately, Tulsa's run defense is pretty stout, and we're not going to get to have a a bounce-back game where you get to go in and run all over a defense and go, oh, yeah, we know what we're doing. They got to come in, and it's going to be just as hard, if not harder, than it was against Missouri State. And I wouldn't be surprised if Casey Dunn and Mike Gundy put a lot of run plays into the offensive game plan heading into Tulsa because he he was not happy with it. You could tell he was going to make them run the ball until they figured it out. They never figured it out. We rushed for 54 yards. So hopefully that's, that's the one thing I'm very hopeful that we can get kind of back on track against Tulsa. Yeah, they're gonna figure some things out, especially before. Well, Tulsa's, you know, they they had a weird game last week where they got beat. I feel they got beat by was it uh, UC Davis beat them? I forget yeah, they beat them. They shouldn't have, but also they were missing a bunch of guys from that 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 fist fight that happened last year after the bowl game, and which was really weird. But um, that's a team to figure things out against because after that, Oklahoma State's got a trip to Boise, right? That's mm-hmm. a huge game, and I, Boise. I think Oklahoma State should be able to beat them. I think they should be able to beat after what I saw this week. But they've got, uh, you know, Oklahoma State's got got some some distance to cover. They got some ground to cover. They got some some stuff to improve on before they get there. And really, that's like the big story. I think as we kind of you know transition to week two is to me the big stories across the Big Twelve are Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State all leaving a lot to be desired in their opening performances. I, I think the rest, you know, kind of look across the conference and who else are you saying that about, right? Texas took care of business in a big way. I mean, a really impressive way. Uh, TCU, obviously Baylor, you know, the game was a bit closer in the stretch. They take care of business. Kansas, we're just glad they got a win, right? Kansas state. Uh, you could argue Kansas state was the most impressive team last week. They thumped Stanford. That game was not close. They thumped Stanford in that game. And, and kind of, you know, uh, and West Virginia, obviously, they, they lose, but they lost to it. And that Maryland team was ready to play. It was a road game. So I, I think the questions are being asked of those top-tier teams 
in the Big 12. Um, anything else uh, before we move on, John? You, anything else you want to odds and ends from week one that you want to clean up before we keep going? I just want to say, I think Texas Tech is going to be a team that we're going to have to watch this year. You know, they allowed like 2.2 yards per carry to Houston. You know, their defense was really, really good, which is not what you're what you think about when you think of Texas tech teams and they ended up putting up 38 points after falling down 14, nothing. So, I mean, that's a Texas tech team that I think is going to maybe surprise a lot of us this year. Linda. Yeah, I agree. Texas tech played well. And like you said, K state's just, they were fun to watch on Saturday. So hopefully they can keep being that uh, entertain, bringing that entertainment value because I think that's what the big 12 needs the most is some, uh, some TV watchers this this season. Who doesn't love Deuce Vaughn? I love uh, Deuce Vaughn. Oh my He's god! To watch, man. Tyler Thompson was solid. It was good to see him back. And yeah. uh, I love the fact that they actually spread the ball around to some of the receivers. That was huge because they they missed that last year badly at the quarterback position. And no offense to the couple guys they had playing, but those guys weren't ready to play. And Skylar Thompson has got twelve years of experience in college. And he, <laughs> and, you know, it, it it showed. I mean, he looked really really solid. Uh, as my do- my dog is just absolutely attacking me right now. Uh, he's excited for this next ad read that we've got going on here. Stat hero, friends. Uh, do you guys know that 85% of people that play daily fantasy lose? Is it really that surprising that the game is rigged against you? You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention the experts as well, who have more tools, more time than you do. You don't really stand a chance, but now you do. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free right now. You can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. And one more word from our sponsors here before we keep rolling and close out the show. Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Go to builtbar.com. Check out all of their available flavors. Right now, I believe that we've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. John, what is your favorite Built Bar? Oh, man, the go-to for me is the peanut butter brownie. Peanut butter, chocolate, it's my favorite flavor combination. Get them little peanuts in there. It's mm. delicious every single time. Linda, have you? I, I know you're newer-ish, so I'm not sure if Bill Barr's been able to send you some product yet, but have you been able to try? I haven't had any yet, but I ordered Ooh. some salted caramel because oh. uh, you can slap a salted caramel on anything from a candle to a candy bar, and I'm <laughs> going to buy it. That's a great take. That's a great take. Uh, guys, and you can go check out the Nutrition Facts. It's very good and good for you. As far as uh, protein bars go, go to built.com. It is now built.com. Also, funny enough, big connection between the Big 12. Um, they got a bunch of the BYU players. They got them scholarships, right? So there you go. There's built Big 12 connection. All right, they're built.com today. Promo code LOCK15. That's 15% off at built.com. All right, let's look ahead to week two. So for your all's teams, Oklahoma's got Western Carolina. John, no offense, we're not really gonna we're not gonna touch on that one too too much. Uh, Linda, you guys, uh, Oklahoma said they've got Tulsa, so not gonna touch on that one too much. The one that we've got to touch on, obviously, this is the big one. Uh, El Asico, right? As it's as it's been nicknamed, Iowa State. Uh, the, the what's it? The Cyhawk Trophy, but the, the fun nickname is El Asico between Iowa State 
in Iowa. But you can't call it that anymore because game day is going there, right? College game day is going there. And this is the test of all tests for Iowa State. Not only because Iowa is a good football team, not only they smoked Indiana last week, Matt Campbell has not beaten uh, Iowa at all in Ames or anywhere else. And it's been, you know, over five or six years, uh, three or four trips since Iowa State has done the deed against Iowa at home. So that's where my focus goes automatically. John, are you with me on this? Yeah, it's the game of the week. I mean, ESPN thinks so. The nation will think so. It's the biggest game in the conference. And, man, if Iowa State doesn't play any better than they played against Northern Iowa, right? <clears throat> Northern Iowa, they're going to get run out of the field. It's just – it's going to be a – I mean, it's going to be a blowout. I think they will play better. I think Matt Campbell will have that team. I mean, remember, this is a team that lost – the first week of the season last year. And we thought, oh man, Iowa State's done. And then two weeks later, they go and they beat Oklahoma. Perennial so, slow starters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Linda. I, I'm super excited for this game. I love a game that is anticipated to be a close matchup. Um, but yeah, like you guys said, if, if Iowa state doesn't come out with a little bit more gusto, it's going to be a problem and it can turn into a problem quickly, I think against Iowa. So they're going to have to come fast and come hard. I'm so sorry. And I think it'll be a fan, but I think it'll be a fantastic game. I, I I hope it's as close a game as, uh, as everybody's anticipating. Well, it's interesting. This game, the Lions got, it came out with like two and a half. Lions, Iowa State by four and a half. I think people, I think people see this number. And what I see there, and I'm kind of with the public, four and a half might be too far. This game's usually pretty close. I'm thinking, though, if Iowa State can get a lead, I'll take my chances with Iowa trying to come from behind, trying to throw the football with Spencer Petras. That's kind of where I'm at right now with that game. I said it earlier this week, but, um, you know, I think number one, that's that's where our, all of our minds are going to that game. I know you uh, you had a list of what else do we have this week, Linda, in terms of uh, games coming up here. A bunch of games. I know Texas Southern's playing somebody in the Big Twelve. This is this is how unprepared I am. I have not gotten a full look at next week's Big Twelve. So I know there's a bunch of games between teams playing lesser opponents. Uh, but what else do we have on tap this week that you guys are looking forward to? Just throw anything else out there. I think the Texas Arkansas game might be fun. I think it's it's the uh, next closest, uh, like over under on Red, on yeah. the list of on the slate of games this weekend. But I think it'll be a good game to see if Texas can kind of stay on track and and you know they're back. They are, always are. So I'm I'm I like watching new quarterbacks get a uh, get the hang of things. So I'm excited for that game. John, can I interest you in Coastal Carolina and Kansas on Friday night? <laughs> you actually read my mind. That was the yes. thing that I was thinking about. Twenty-seven I mean, point underdogs are the Jayhawks. I'm taking them. I'm taking them. I'm taking the Jayhawks. It's really hard for me to not take twenty-seven points if I'm yes. if I'm betting. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna advise anybody to do that, but it's really hard for me to lay those points. However, I mean, to me, the Big Twelve is more fun when Kansas is good. You know, mm-hmm. when the waving wheat is just rolling through the stadium, that's just good times. I don't care that they rush the stadium or rush the field I don't after remember. beating – who was it? I, I can't remember now. South Dakota. South Dakota. I was going to say Southern Iowa because we just talked about Northern Iowa, but South Dakota, thank you. And so, I, I mean, I think Coastal Carolina beats them. But I'm really curious to see, can they make this a game? Like Lance Lippold, it's the second game as the Kansas head coach. Like, 
what kind of progress can he make in year one? That's, that's really what I'm curious for because the better the bottom end of your conference is, the more respect you get. And they need the Big 12 needs Kansas to start carrying the weight a little bit. They need them to improve as a, as a team. Um, Kansas Coastal, Tulsa, OK State, Iowa, Iowa State, Long Island University against West Virginia, Stephen F. Austin, Texas Tech, Texas Southern at Baylor, Southern Illinois at Kansas State, Texas at Arkansas, uh, Cal at TCU, and then Western Carolina at Oklahoma. This is that classic week two lull. I will say TCU needs to keep it on track against Cal. Cal took a bad loss last weekend, but it's still a good, decent Cal defense. Um, and then all those other teams need to keep themselves on track as well. Oklahoma State, only 13 points. It's not very big against a, a which would be a bad Tulsa team at, at home. When a little nervous for that line. Yeah, I'll be a nervous wreck by, and it's an 11 a.m. game too. So if it goes bad, it'll ruin my whole day. Can't wait. Uh, all right, we're give give the socials out. Where can people find you, John? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams, and you can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire. And I got to mention the Western Carolina Catamount to watch in this one is Rogan Wells, very experienced D two champion, national D two national championship. Uh, big time players. This is like his, he's a grad transfer to Western Carolina. So he's going to be a player to watch a very athletic quarterback, someone who might give the Oklahoma Sooners fits very much like Michael Pratt. And you can follow the show on Twitter at locked on Sooners subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. Linda. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lindellians and the locked on poke show is at locked underscore on underscore pokes. Um, let me know what you like about being a fan under the pinned tweet that's I'm working on kind of cultivating so far. I keep getting the same answer. So I'm curious to see how much we appreciate camaraderie in Stillwater, Oklahoma. All right. And uh, for you guys listening on the other feed, you can find me at Josh neighbors underscore. You can find the show at LO big 12. You can find locked on big 12, wherever you guys get your podcast and now on YouTube as well. All right, friends. It's always nice connecting. It's always nice doing these. Talk to you guys next week.